This is Cover to Cover, a podcast brought to you by the Santa Barbara Public Library. Welcome back, everyone. We're your hosts. I'm Jace Turner. And I'm Norma Cervantes. Our guest today is best known for his hot dogs, his creative culinary passion, and the value he places on community. Everything about Dave is local in the best Santa Barbara kind of way. It's so true. So Norma and I, being, being curious about the history of hot dogs, we found this book on the shelf called Hot Dogs and Cocktails. And Which is super fitting for Dave right? currently. Because he's serving hot dogs at Test Pilot on Saturdays because of COVID-19. Right. So first of all, if you haven't tried his hot dogs um, or the drinks at Test Pilot, definitely check them out. But um, one of the things that Norma and I found in this book that we thought was amusing was that FDR served hot dogs at a picnic that King George VI attended. And the headline that appeared on the June 12th, 1939 New York Times front page reads, King tries hot dog and asks for more. And not believing that that was actually on the front page of the New York Times, Norma and I logged on to the New York Times with our library card, which actually um, we should note has access to not just the current uh, New York Times paper, but the full archive going back to 1855. So we did our search and we found that sure enough, on the front page of the New York Times on June 12th, 1939, there's an article that does read, King tries hot dog and asks for more. So we thought Dave would find that really fascinating. And maybe we should make a shirt out of that. All right, let's brand it. <laughs> let's actually sell it to Dave. <laughs> and not having enjoyed a hot dog myself in many years, our podcast team, Norma, Eric, and I, um, in the interest of background research and prep for this podcast, we paid a visit to Dave's dogs on Milpas Street. And um, I'll be honest, being on Milpas at lunchtime on a weekday, it brought me back to ninth grade lunch period. How he remembers that, we don't know, because it was so long ago, but... I was kind of a loser, but <laughs> no, I didn't have a car. We didn't have any cars back then as ninth graders. So we used to, if it wasn't Tino's um, on De La Guerra Street, then we were on Milpas. So yesterday when we were walking up to Dave's Dogs, I remember that little building. It's like an adobe-like building with red tile roof. And I remember that Valentino's Take and Bake was there um, way back in the early 90s. But I'd never been in the building. And so when you walk in, it's like you're face-to-face -face with these brick walls and this super cool like graphic novel, orange and black mural depicting Dave's original hot dog cart back in the day on Lower Milpas. And the sizzling lunchtime sounds and the smells, I, I felt like I was in like Chicago or New York, except it felt local. And the menu is loaded with local ingredients and has this real kind of local feel. Not only that, but walking in and seeing Dave and he automatically made us feel like you were walking into your family's house or your friend's house. And it was, it just felt so comfortable and at ease. Like you're just walking in and it's an old friend and he's like, oh, let me give you this. Let me, let me show you this. So it was, it was the most comfortable and amazing experience. Like he, 
enthusiastically walked us through the menu, highlighting favorites, like local favorites. And it just made me and all of us feel at home. Not only him, but his staff. Luckily for all of you, we have Dave here today. Dave, thank you so much for making the time to meet with us. We know how busy you are and we truly appreciate you being here. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you guys. So Dave, um, we know you've told your hot dog story many times. And for our listeners, if you haven't already heard Dave on Sarah's podcast, uh, the SB Good Eats podcast, uh, she did an episode with Dave. Um, we highly recommend it. It's an, yeah. it's an amazing story. But for our listeners who haven't heard that episode or know much about Dave's dogs, I guess kind of our first question is like, Dave, why hot dogs? I loved hot dogs growing up. I have family pictures of me at barbecues eating a hot dog, just plain sausage. And, um, you know, I think that's really what got me hooked as a kid. As I've always loved hot dogs. And growing up um, here in Santa Barbara, I have one memory of um, going to a hot dog cart, which was out at the Bluffs in Carpinteria. And I remember eating my first chili dog. And I think that's what really hooked me. That was the real hook that made me think I, I, I like hot dogs. I really love hot dogs. And growing up in town, I never really saw a hot dog restaurant. So when I decided to go and do this, I said, you know what, um, there's no hot dog restaurants in town. Um, this is what I want to do. And, and I want to try it out. So that's kind of why I chose the hot dog. It was more of my personal love of uh, food. And I just felt I can make it my own way and be creative and um, try it here in town. And so that's kind of why I chose that food item. That's awesome. So you did mention that you are from Santa Barbara. How yeah. was it growing up in Santa Barbara, being a local? And what is it that you did growing up? All right. So growing up, I do remember one spot I, we, me and my friends used to love to go to after school. It used to be an arcade spot behind 7-Eleven out in Galita by Dos Pelos High School. Not a lot of people remember that spot because it's, I mean, way back. And I think, to be honest, it was called Dave's Arcade. Oh, like, wow. <laughs> like, it was called like Dave's Arcade or Dave. Uh, yeah, I think it was called Dave's Arcade. So we would all go hang out after school there and, you know, bucket of quarters and just play video games all, all after school. But then I believe it closed down after, you know, a year or so. So, I mean, we, the main thing I did growing up, you know, video games were just either arcade or at home. There was, they weren't really available yet as they are now. And there was no smartphones or anything like that. So we were out doing regular boy stuff you know biking rc cars and things like that and you know a couple favorite spots we used to ride our bikes to just local restaurants but you know i think when you're at a certain age like the food doesn't really matter at, at, at that point you know but growing up now i have a lot of spots i like to go eat I go to los agaves a lot it's just a really good food it's mexican style food that's that's affordable and it's it's very authentic you know the bars i hit i do a lot of catering with with bars and i been doing a lot with test pilot which is a awesome bar very good drinks i'm there once a week on saturdays and i'm there till like two in the morning serving dogs and drinks there and uh, is that because of covid 19 yeah so right now with covid there's a couple restrictions with the bars 
you have to serve a food item per drink, which classifies the bar as a restaurant. So it's kind of a loophole that works and it, it, it's a win-win for both of us because they can stay open and I can serve food and, and people can actually drink a little bit more because they're, they have food, you know? Yeah. So it, it, it's kind of a win-win for everybody. And it's very fun because you got the music going. I'm, you know, we're serving dogs, the drinks are coming. I get a couple drinks too while I'm working and you know, it's, it's just really fun. It sounds like you've been pivoting amazingly, but how has COVID-19 affected your business? So to be honest, COVID has affected my business quite a bit, positive and negative. Positive, um, I've seen the community come out and support my business, especially when COVID had first hit and everybody was doing the takeout. I was to the point where I had to have two delivery cars, sometimes three, at night just to keep up with the demand. I mean, I was blown away on how much the community was supporting my business. You know, now going into the third or fourth month of COVID, it's a lot different now because, you know, I understand, you know, when it hit, everybody has had some money saved and everybody was still kind of employed. But now that we're going into third, fourth month, people don't have a job anymore. The savings are tapped out. So I, the business has dropped quite a bit. Also with the schools not coming back, I have no business from my schools. And also the Santa Barbara Bowl, um, my Milpas location was built strategically to kind of feed the Santa Barbara Bowl crowds. And now there's no concerts. So I'm basically don't have any business from that side of the town there. But it, it, it's, you know, it's one of those things that the community still helps me by reaching out, I still see my regular faces and they come in, they buy gift cards, even though they might not want to eat that day or that night, they'll still support me with the gift card and give it to a friend. I and mean, all that is really helping me and my employees. Um, having 23 employees at the moment, they all kind of rely on this job, just right. how I rely on my community. So they're not only keeping me in business, but they're keeping people employed, which helps their family. So I, I look at it this way. I'm not, I don't have employees, I have family they're my family and then we're feeding their family. So we're just a big team and we're really trying to keep this going, uh, especially during these times. I mean, you're not only doing test pilot, but you also do the drive-ins, right? Oh yeah, we, we're doing uh, drive-ins. If you guys are out there Wednesday nights, I'm gonna be there tonight. We're doing a double header tonight. So I'll be there till midnight. Yeah, I'm always out and I'm always trying to help the community. And when I get asked to do events or fundraisers or car shows, I never, I hardly ever say no because that's who I am. And I, you know, I started from the street, so I like to be out on the street. So today we'll be at the drive-in and, and it's really nice to see people come out, even though they're still in their cars, but it's just getting out of the house that makes it so special now. It's, it's crazy how we've taken for that for granted before. Right. But, yeah. People pull up in their trucks, they, you know, put them in reverse and they, they throw out a, a, a air mattress in the back and, and the kids jump in the back seat or in the back of their cars. I, I think that's so great. And it kind of brings back me being a gearhead kind of makes me feel like back in the fifties and you know, the old days, like you pull up in your hot rod and check out the movies, you know, Jace so. used to live back then. So he can tell yeah. A little bit about yeah, 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 back when the world wasn't black and white. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, Dave, I know um, that sense of like kind of family and it's something that we can tell is really important to you and your business because like Norma said, you know, we walked in your Milpas location yesterday. It just kind of felt like this was your home. 
And so how is it expanding your business beyond kind of just a, a street cart to a single location and now two locations? How do you maintain that same sense now that you can't be everywhere at once, right? How do you kind of like train your staff and your employees to, to convey that same sense of kind of welcoming environment and the pride that you show in your work? I got to tell you, that has probably been the hardest thing of my business. I mean, I can probably open 10 of these if I had, you know, multiple of myself. No problem. <laughs> the thing is, the employees has always been difficult. Just having them see my vision of what I'm trying to do for the community and what I'm trying to do for a local person that was born and raised here. Truthfully, I'm trying to show Santa Barbara is one of the hardest places to be successful in, I believe. And, you know, if someone like myself did it, I believe anybody can do it with the hard work and determination. So by me talking to my employees and saying, hey, we got to talk to our customers like their family, because in all reality, they are paying our bills. That's the way you got to look at it. They're supporting our business to support our futures. So we got to provide a great service. And that's what I built my business on when I was out there every night on the corner of Milpas with my cart when I first started, I told myself every single customer is valuable and I'm going to treat everybody exactly the same way. Even if they're having a bad day, try to make their day, you know, at least through food. And I can tell you it's been such a benefit being nice and respectful to people because it shows, you know, it, it shows and it goes and, and I'm grateful that I have a good team of uh, employees that actually see the vision and actually care so it's easy when people like that care about the business and they want to help you succeed. But, you know, it, it goes with, with, with everything. There has been some employees that don't care, and which is understandable. Some people just want their, their money nine to five and they want to go home. But um, it's also very nice when people go above and beyond and really show that they care about my business and what I'm trying to do in Santa Barbara. One so, thing that I, that I think is really amazing and, and actually really important is that, you know, being so close to the schools, first of all, when I walked in and I saw your menu, I could not believe how reasonable. I mean, literally, I felt like I was in the 90s getting food. Like, yeah. years ago, sandwiches were like that much money back in like the early 90s. And so, the you know, yeah. I spend more on coffee drinks every day than on your gourmet hot dogs. And yeah. that, so that's amazing I mean, in and of itself that your food is affordable, especially for students. But I think that like being so close to schools and having your students come in, you know, pre-COVID, of course, it shows them that they can kind of succeed in something, right? That they can kind of find something that they're passionate about and kind of follow through and work hard and kind of have this dream. I mean, you embody this dream that I think so many young people have of owning their own business and bringing people joy through food. And your passion for that is so sincere that to have that so close to schools I think is probably even more valuable than some of the classroom stuff that they're learning, honestly. Oh yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I think. Um, I, school is great, but I like to also show the kids that school is not everything. I know we, we are so um, raised about school, 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 and I respect that and school is great, but there's also opportunities for people that maybe didn't want to proceed a career in school or go to college. There's, there's opportunities out there for everyone. And that's something I make very clear. I get invited to go speak to students all the time through Avid or um, I think another one is called Apple Learning and just different types of courses that are available through school. So I go and talk to, you know, 30, 40 kids at a time and I tell them this is how I did it. I, I literally started from a cart on the street that I, I remember the day I emptied out my bank account and bought my first hot dog cart. And I'll never forget that. 
and I took a risk and I gambled it all. And, you know, the hard work got me to where I'm at now. So having the schools next to me is really a privilege for me and also for them to see that I'm a local that's doing it in, in the hometown, you know. So I, I feel very fortunate when I get to talk to the kids and they ask me questions like, did you ever think you're going to sell hot dogs ever in your life? And I say, no, I never in my wildest dreams would think that this would be my actual career. But um, this is what I'm doing now. Yeah. Tell us how you started where because you had a nine to five job. before. Yeah, yeah I did. So I had a, a nine to five. And to be honest, it was a great career job, had all the benefits in the world, 401k, someone, you know, someone's dream career job. And the thing is, when it's not for you, it's not for you. Right. And some people stay trapped in those positions. They'll be in a business for 25, 30 years, and then they retire and it's like pat on the back, thank you, and you're done. So I would sit behind my cubicle every single day. And I want to be honest, I just wasn't who I was. I'm a people person and I felt like I was trapped. And so I just remember the day I decided to do this and I literally emptied out my account and I bought my first car. <laughs> I gambled it all. And, and you know, I, I did some research obviously with the permitting and licensing. So I was kind of staging myself because I knew I wanted to try it. I just didn't know when. And when I did, I just took the gamble. And it was like, I remember the first day I wheeled out that hot dog cart after I got my permit, which was, it felt like I won the lottery when they gave me my <laughs> approval to go sell. So I, I pulled out my cart and I was literally out there by myself, not knowing what was going to happen, you know, grilling some dogs. And I still remember my first couple customers, they, they came up to me and, and they didn't even know what I was selling. They came up, Hey, you're selling tacos. And I was like, no, I'm doing hot dogs. And they're like hot dogs. Cause they were so like new, no one was really doing hot dogs. So I remember my first customers and I'm always going to remember them. Like they tried them and they were, they really liked them. And then it just started like every day became a, a, a new, a see them again. And then they would bring one of their friends and it was just, started growing. It was pretty crazy, actually. Dave, I remember I, I read one of your um, articles, or it might have been on the podcast with Sarah, but it was kind of like talking about how you actually did try to sell tacos a little bit and how they were kind of the gateway street food to yeah. hot dogs. It was like, I have tacos, <laughs> yeah. but you should also try my hot dogs. So, right? Yeah. On that podcast, yeah, you, if you guys listen to that podcast, it's a true story. I would have people come up and, you know, working in a Latino area, and it was just like, People would come up, oh, tacos. And I'd be like, no, hot dogs. And I'm not going to lie. People would turn around and walk away. And wow. I was like, what? what's going on? Is this like a taco city or what? <laughs> uh, so I said, okay, no problem. So I, I, you know, I remember that first couple of weeks, I said, I got to adjust my menu because I'm, I'm losing, I'm not getting any customers. People don't, you know, when you think of a hot dog, I'm sure they were thinking, oh, this guy's selling like a hot dog with ketchup on it. Like just a plain dog. What's right. Why, why is this guy here? <laughs> uh, so I was trying to show them how different I was. So, um, so I had, I said, how can I get people to at least try my hot dog? So on Sarah's podcast, I was showing how, um, I would, uh, they would come over and say tacos. And I said, you know what, I'm going to try it. So I brought my mom's recipe of salsa, local bought of steak from uh, La Bodeguita. It's a small little uh, meat market and tortillas. And so I started making tacos and, and the tacos were good. But then I would also say, hey, by the way, these are the hot dogs I make. And I, I had to give away 50, 60 hot dogs through the first couple of weeks. And people were like, whoa, these are actually good. And so then I started seeing the flip. Now they would come back for the hot dog. So I had to have tacos on my menu for like the first couple of months until finally it got to the point where the hot dogs were just, that's what they were coming for. And I was able to get away from 
the taco business because that's not what I wanted to do. Um, I feel like there's a lot of taco businesses already. Well, it's strange because down in LA, like after concerts, like hot dog trucks are really common on the street. Oh yeah, they're everywhere. And really? that's, that's what I was going for. I wanted that street hot dog, bacon wrapped dogs. And it was just, um, people would pull over and I swear it was like tacos. I was like, nope. And they would just take off I did not know that those street dogs were wrapped in bacon the first time I had one and I I was wondering like why is this hot dog so amazing and they're like well, yeah. it's wrapped in bacon I was like wait what yeah <laughs> on a hot dog bacon. are you kidding me yeah so when I, people started coming back and then uh, I started getting more creative and, and and trying different style hot dogs people would come back and then I launched my secret menu uh, I wasn't on social media till like Six months after I started, my own customers were like, you need to get on social media. You need to get on. And I started creating new dogs and posting them. And that's kind of what started the fire behind Dave's dogs is people were spreading. My own community was spreading the love. Of, I, um, I think it, it's not only the food, but I think it's also the experience that you provide to everybody that comes in or actually approach the hot dog truck yeah. or cart because... Yeah. Again, I feel like we're best friends or you're my cousin. You know, that's one thing. I'm a very people person. That's why when I had that other job, I just felt like I couldn't show that to anybody. It was like something inside of me was burning and saying like, you're just going to be here. Like, you don't want to talk to anybody. That's kind of what pushed me to do it. And I'm so happy the way it went down because I talked to every single one of my customers for two and a half years while I was on that street every single customer got greeted by me and got a menu um a verbal menu through me and if i ever had a new secret dog i told each person so you talk about pros and cons in business the, that was one of my highlights in my business was being able to speak to every single person that came up because i was there every single day and now that i own two restaurants it, it's so difficult to manage where i want to be throughout the day because i still want to see my people and it's just difficult not to be able to see them so I have to rely on like employees to be me and say hey guys like welcome and that's the most difficult part but when I am in my restaurants best believe I'm talking to everybody on my outside of my patio and just you know seeing how their day is and things like that. You know Dave um, it's interesting because we have a number of library staff that come from kind of restaurant backgrounds or families run wow. restaurants and People that run restaurants are the best people to work in libraries because you create this sense of space. You're very welcoming. You know how to talk to people from all walks of life, right? I mean, you have to be able to kind of talk to everyone to run a really good business. And so like in the library world, like if you come from that background, like it's a real, real special skill that we highly appreciate. So if you ever feel like having another nine to five job and you want to, you know, job at the <laughs> library, we might be able to pull some strings and make that happen. <laughs> okay. I'm down. <laughs> I love working. <laughs> no. So getting back to your hot dogs for just a minute, Dave. So what are some of your kind of your, your personal favors or like a best selling hot dog? And uh, do you have anything kind of in your secret menu or black book kind of brewing or stewing now? Oh, for sure. So I got to be honest to my listeners, my favorite hot dog is the original Dave's dog. Not only is it because it's the first hot dog I have sold, but that was the original recipe that I grew up on. So when I said, I'm going to see if people like my original recipe and I put it on my menu as number one, when I first started my hot dog business, that was the only hot dog you could get. And that is my favorite hot dog because it, I believe it really made me who I am today. It's the Dave's original and it just helped me start inspiring and creating 
new style hot dogs after that. And as far as for something brewing, I always got something brewing. I, I have, I release new things on a monthly basis on, on my Instagram on Dave's Dogs 805. We always have a secret menu. And for this podcast, I wanted to launch chicken and waffles. So after this podcast airs, we're going to be doing a uh, launch of chicken and waffles. So you guys are first to hear it um, here on your guys' podcast. And Thank we you. tried them yesterday. Yeah, yeah. you guys got yeah, a sneak, you got peek, a sneak on peek on it. Yep. <laughs> I have a photo. It might show up on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> post it up. Yeah, and we, you guys had a, uh, the first trial of them yesterday. And we might we might tweak it or add some other sauce or something. But we, we are going to be launching those pretty soon. And, you know, if you guys want to ever be curious and you guys ever want to see what's going on in my hot dog world, uh, feel free to look at my social medias, um, either Facebook or Instagram, Dave's Dogs 805. Um, you will find all the things that are going on, where I'm at, what bar I'm at. And, you know, I also like to post events that I do. For instance, car shows. I do car shows here at my Turnpike location because we have a big parking lot. Also, every year I do a Halloween trunk or treat. I invite all my car friends to come and we decorate the back of the trunks of cars and fill them with candy for the community free candy for all the kids and we also do canned food drives for christmas and thanksgiving so we're always doing something so you guys just follow me on the instagram and you guys will be able to see all that you do so much for the community dave how do you ever find time for your family and for yourself so the one thing i did decide when I started my businesses, I would have Sundays off. Uh, we close our businesses on Sunday. Everybody, including my staff, has a day off on Sunday. I made that because I myself want to hang out with my kids, take my dog out, home projects, and work on my cars or go cruise them back when State Street was open. And so I, that's why I did it. Sundays were off, everybody's home, and that's when I really spent and focus time with my, my family. You know, I feel grateful that I can do that. And same with my employees because you work every single day and it's difficult when you when you don't have time off and dave you have you have two daughters right yeah i have two daughters uh i have um a four month old uh, five month old i'm sorry and a month a year and uh three month old got jocelyn and jimena they have definitely changed my life in the past year so it's it's now i'm trying to balance my work work with them and it's 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 pretty difficult but it it, it works out it works out it's all for them at the end of the day well dave i mean kind of like fast forward 10 years like where do you see dave's dogs and where do you see yourself and kind of what kind of world do you see for your for your daughters well um you know if everything continues to uh hopefully everything gets better you know COVID world and all that my goal is to franchise um eventually i i have my uh i've already done the first steps to you know be able to offer franchises for anybody that wants to join uh the dave's dogs world so from here in 10 years you know anything can happen i do have uh, another business i'm opening in january which is called dave's drip house and it's my ice cream store right across the street here from my turnpike location so you know definitely in the next 10 years um i definitely want to have maybe a couple more of these through California, um, maybe move up, maybe down south, or maybe a couple up north, Lompoc, Santa Maria area. But in reality, I, I do eventually want to take some time off and, and enjoy the fruits of, uh, of my labor, and we'll see where it goes in, in 10 years from now. We're already five years deep, so. <laughs> Wow, that congratulations. Is, that's awesome. I'm yeah. sure that everything that you set forth will 
become true because I feel like your hard work and dedication and honestly it shows with your employees and with you so I completely see that happening thank you I I appreciate that Dave one one question we have is how did you come up with the logo it's such a recognizable perfect logo for a hot dog so uh, story behind my logo me and my brother which I got to give him credit for the dog we were sitting in my living room, you know, back when we were in, uh, when I was trying to figure this out, like, what am I going to do for Dave's dogs? I knew I wanted to be called Dave's dogs, but I also wanted to create something that people can remember. So I was like, what if I make the Dia sausage? And he's like, that's cool. He does a little bit, has a background in like computer graphics and things like that. So what happened was he said, well, why don't I make it a character? So it, it, it went from becoming a sausage, just like a figure of a sausage to an actual like little guy. And it was like, it was one of those aha moments that we both looked at each other and was like, this is perfect because now I can rock just the little guy and people know that's Dave's dogs. And so it, it became really cool. Now I make some cool hats and I, you know, we're, we're doing the face mask and, and the shirts and- Yeah, Jason's jealous. Uh, he was having face mask envy yesterday because oh. of your face mask. I'll, I'll get you guys some. For, I got you guys some. For sale. <laughs> I got you guys some, don't worry about it. Uh, we, we got some coming. So yeah, that's kind of was the aha moment. And me and him just knew at that point that it, that's what we we're gonna do. So we, he has changed a little bit through the years. I, the original guy was a little bit rough, but now he's, he's official. And, and yeah, I really am happy with the logo. And I get complimented that logo so much. And I'm really happy that it worked out. Honestly, you branded yourself so well. You know, it's it's like all of these people, they go and get Harvard Business School and to become branders. And here you are in your living room with your brother, Brandon. Yeah in this amazing company in your hometown that is really difficult to make it in right so well that just goes to show you that anybody can do it I'm a true believer in that and I've always said it and I'll say it to anybody just figure out what you want to do and dive into it the hardest step in entrepreneurship is taking that first leap and as long as you don't give up my number one model I don't I forgot to tell you guys one thing in my restaurants if you guys ever look around I have a couple of labels that says never give up. I don't know if you guys notice that, but uh, <laughs> I'm a true believer in that. There's always a way, there's always a way to do it. And there's always a way. And if there isn't, you make a way because a lot of people give up too early in the game and you see restaurants just open for a month, couple months, and then they're gone. And you, you got to put the work in. It just doesn't happen overnight. Dave, how do you feel about kind of this res- this um, renaissance that's happening in Santa Barbara with kind of more local businesses and these little shops that are kind of opening up in, in pockets of downtown or, or, or Goleta or on Milpas that are, are like family owned, you know, kind of like how Santa Barbara used to feel maybe back in the 80s and the 90s. Do you feel a part of that renaissance? And, and, what's, and what's exciting about that for you? Yeah, I, I definitely feel that that's what needs to happen. Um, everybody needs to kind of wake up and be like, this is what we got to do to keep our own community alive. Because you got big companies coming in. I'm not going to mention any names, but one big store will take out three or four boutiques. It might not happen overnight, but it, it's going to happen. And especially now with the online ordering, everything gets shipped to your house. People don't even need to leave their house and you can literally live in your house and get everything through the mail including food. So do the research, 
of who you're giving your money to. You're going to a restaurant and the owner doesn't even live here. He lives out in LA in a mansion and we're not even supporting the guy that lives here in his own hometown. So I'm not saying don't eat at other restaurants, but definitely you want to help our community and you want to see a change in our community, go to the local restaurants, local shops, local auto mechanics, local tire shops um, that don't have funding from other countries or other cities, other states. You know, that's really what needs to happen. I'm happy it's, it's starting to happen here. And I just hope that everybody follows through and really chooses where they spend that dollar. You are a true inspiration. I mean, I know that you have all of your businesses, but you also give back in so many ways to the community. So I feel like that's awesome. Like sometimes I make excuses for myself about not having enough time to do certain things. And when you see uh, somebody that owns their own business, that's so much time that they put into that. It's, it's almost like if they can do it, like why can't, why am I complaining about this eight hour job? Yeah you know so i i think it's commendable and it's awesome and dave we know that for a little while you lived in la um so you have kind of the experience of living someplace else yeah. to you what um what makes santa barbara special you know la is a fast paced fast money city which is something I, I i do enjoy um but something about santa barbara is just you know people say there's no place like home I really, you really have to understand that once you live somewhere else, just there is no place like home. Santa Barbara has it all. You know, it's small, but it's also very, a lot of things to do. You got the mountains, you got the ocean, the weather is always perfect. And the one thing I think that makes Santa Barbara special is the people. Everybody knows each other and it's one of those family feelings. And when you're in Santa Barbara, you just feel like you're at home. It's it's just hard to describe that feeling. Anywhere else you go, it's like you just don't know anybody. It's just kind of like, it's so, other places are so big that it's like everybody for themselves type of feeling. And here, I, there, there's people that will support you and there's communities and the community will come out and support your business and vice versa. I'm going to go help the local softball team or the local soccer team and they're going to fly my flag. And it's just um, a very good feeling. Awesome. So Dave, we have kind of a question that we ask our guests. So we kind of want to know, you know, what books are by your bedside or what's on your or in your Netflix uh, kind of Hulu watching queue? Yeah. So definitely, uh, you know, on Sundays when, when I got to, when I get some time, we, we watch uh, some cooking shows on, on uh, Netflix. We do the cooking shows or food truck wars. I do some of the, you know, um, hot rod TV shows, you know, as far as magazines and books, I do have, you know, a couple uh, hot rod magazines and we, one thing I like to look at is cookbooks, even though they're not about hot dogs, I take, I get inspired by different ingredients and you might see them on the next hot dog. So you never know. But those are the kind of books I have. And, and now with my girls, um, I do have a couple of Dr. Seuss books next to me as well. <laughs> well, Dave, just so you know, we have like thousands of kids books here at the library that you can borrow for free. And we, oh, can, awesome. get your, we can get your daughters their first library cards, which the four month old or the five month old, a little bit young, but like the 15 month old, like that's, yeah, that's cool. right. She loves books. Yeah. She loves books. She loves, she, every, she'll take a book and take it to me so I can show her the pages. It's really cool. Aww. 
That's sweet. Yeah, so we'd love to be able to provide your family with uh, free books, so. Thank you so much, I appreciate that. And I think that's it. We don't wanna take any more of your time. We really had a great time speaking with you today um, and getting to know you a little bit more. And just thank you again. We'll make sure that everyone knows to follow you at Dave's Dogs. 805. 805 on Instagram. Do you also have Facebook? Yeah, Facebook, uh, just Facebook and Instagram. And, and then um, it's the same thing from my website, davesdogs805.com. Um, so it's all the same. And, and I want to thank you guys for uh, choosing me and having this opportunity to talk to everybody. And I really appreciate your guys' time as, as well. Thank you. Thanks so much, Dave. And uh, keep doing what you're doing. We really appreciate it. Thank yeah. you guys. Uh, yeah, let me know if you guys need anything else. And I appreciate you guys. This wraps up another episode of Cover to Cover. We want to thank Eric Mendez, our sound producer and editor, the Santa Barbara Public Library, and all of you for listening. Everyone's got a story to tell, and we want to hear yours. If you'd like to be a guest on our show, shoot us an email at libraryadmin at santabarbaraca.gov.